uh, bombard your ears every day with it, though. Talking about my kitties and shit. It sounded like talking about your vagina. <laughs> That's not a coin yet. Hmm. Welcome back to the Shaking Out Scared Podcast. Here with you, as always, your host, Eric and Vivi. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2012 film VHS, directed by several directors, including Radio Silence, Anna Wingard, Glenn McQuaid, David Bruckner, Joe Swanberg, and Ty West. But before we get into that, how are you, Vivi? <laughs> I'm freezing my goddamn nads off. I don't know. It's below 20 in Chicago this weekend. You're dressed like you're in Alaska right now. I am wearing a very, very cute outfit. So attractive. Yeah. Why don't you wear this all the time? I kind of do. You do. But how are you? I'm doing good. Yesterday was the other we got a rosca i got the baby and now we have to make the list for everyone who wants any but we drink hot chocolate and i'm thriving that's good to know what creepy content do you have so I don't know if this counts as creepy. It was just more unsettling. I watched this documentary. It's pretty old. It's called Jesus Camp from 2006. It was critically acclaimed at the time that it was released. And I've always heard people talk about it. I honestly could not get through it because it made me uncomfortable with how these children were being treated. Do you have creepy content? Shameless plug. We actually just covered Incident in a Ghostland on our Patreon. The one that was released in 2018. It's really fun. We can give a quick snippet. But... If you want to hear more, go listen to the Patreon. What do you think? It was my first time watching it. I had heard a lot about this film and had a lot of feelings. So did I. We didn't agree with a couple of things. Thought it was like a mashup of a bunch of other stuff. And that's all we're going to say. Go listen to it on Patreon. Yes. What do you have for comfort content? I actually started watching this TikToker. Her name is Tanya. Her handle is Tanya about art. So she talks about art. She analyzes old Renaissance paintings, Baroque paintings. I just find it really soothing and interesting. I always really liked art. So I've been watching a lot of art documentaries lately. Is this one you were watching that then when I went to bed, I was like, that's what you look like. And there was a painting of some woman on the TV. That was one of the documentaries I was watching, not this particular TikToker. But yeah, I've been watching a lot of that lately. Just yourself getting painted in the 1400s. My comfort content, some people probably wouldn't consider comfort, is losing all my money in cryptocurrency. Just kidding. I started getting back into it. I've been into it for a while and I find comfort in just going and looking at it every day. I was going to say it's comforting. Yeah, I feel good knowing that something is happening happening makes me happy. <laughs> I can't share this feeling. I don't know what you're talking about when you explain it to me half the time. I'm just looking at you like, okay. Anyways. Anyways, today we didn't have a drink because it's really hard to make a drink for a shit ton of different little stories. Instead, what we did was get a beer or two. Some of the things we see in these shorts are pretty cool. So we got two for today. It was pretty difficult to find some beers that match this theme. We found a lot of creepy ones that we were like, ah, oh, this could fit it, but is it worth wasting on this film? Do you want to tell us which beer yeah so we're starting with temperance beer co's basement party it's american lager the can is kind of cool it's not creepy it just has a lot of like geometric shapes and arrows you can make your way around a basement it looks like <laughs> according to the can it says like the best basement parties our lager is uncomplicated unfiltered and down for whatever easy drinking and exceedingly refreshing basement party takes us back to when anything could happen the reason we picked this beer was because obviously they find the tapes in the basement of the house thought it was pretty fitting also stash dude i kept writing down porn stash but i think his name's gary spoiler alert dies in the basement I had a hard time finding the name of the guys for the main story. I think the only one that gets named a lot is the porn stash guy, Gary. Gary, yeah. Do you want to try it? Open it up. Oh my god. Oh lord. <laughs> Eric spilled it all over. It's all over, man. I'm just going to smell your beer. Crispy. 
This is an American lager, but it smells very citrusy. Smell that. Oh, it does. Go ahead and try it. It's pretty decent. I would drink this if I saw it on tap. It smells very citrusy, but doesn't taste citrusy. I'd give it a 2.75. I know what you mean. It smells very strong, but it doesn't have the flavor to follow it up. It's refreshing. I would drink this in summer. I'd give it a 2.5. Cool. Average. It's not bad. It's not good. Okay, so the second beer we chose is called Shigatuck. Shigatuck. Sagatuck. Sagatuck. I want to say Sagatuck. <laughs> Eric gave me the beer that it looks like it's really hard to pronounce. Sagatuck Brewing Co. The beer is called Cottonmouth Crusher. It is a raspberry sour ale. On the cover, we have what looks like a snake, but it looks very similar to the first short in this film, the succubus lily. All the red also helps. Reminds me of all the bloody scenes in that first short. So let's open it. This is super raspberry E. It just tastes like a fruity sour. I don't think you're going to like this. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I think I gave it a three out of five. That is really sour, yeah. It tastes very much like a sour. <laughs> I give it a two out of five. But I just don't like sours, so that's the caveat. I didn't read the little thing. Do you want to read it? Yeah, so on the can it says, Well, you may know that Michigan Cottonmouth Snake is a fairly common snake. We can guarantee this beer is anything but common. Cottonmouth Crusher is a tart and funky sour ale with raspberry overtones. Once you've been bitten by the delicious pierce of this beer, you're going to want to suck out all the flavor. Why is Sexually. That... Yeah, I was going to say, why is that so sexual? <laughs> the cottonmouth part is not what the what point was. It was okay. a, they're talking about a snake. I don't know what this thing is. but Both of these beers are brewed in the Midwest. Basement Party is done in Evanston illinois and this one's done in michigan specifically cottonmouth michigan it just says made in michigan side note when we bought this one the cashier kept making jokes about weed <laughs> so i'll be drinking that one you can have the lager are you ready to hear some fun facts Yes. The making of the film was interesting in that, according to the producer Brad Miska, the directors were told they had full control of their shorts with little to no suggestions. The main story had already been discussed beforehand while the shorts were basically used to fill in the gaps. It kind of makes sense. It wouldn't really need to be connected other than that there are all these fucked up tapes in this house. Yeah, the premise is interesting, right? The VHSs are just laying around the house. I could see how they have all their own creative control. I also don't know why in my head it didn't click that these shorts came from multiple directors. thought it was maybe one director who just had a bunch of ideas and was making these but multiple directors makes more sense yeah it's kind of cool the whole time you as the viewer are like what the fuck is that and what does that have to do with this one and wait what what's going on in this one what's the lore of that one kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat the film premiered at the 2012 sundance film festival but almost didn't make it as it was submitted right at the deadline the film was very well received and even got praised for being well put together i'm surprised it was so well received i feel like now this film wouldn't be that well received in 2022 are you saying it because of the essay themes that happen throughout the whole film? There is so much boob in every single one of these stories. They said, do whatever you want, but make sure each one of them has boob. That's the only note. Because I don't want to say that I dislike this film, but I definitely had a different opinion of it when I watched it for the first time. Now there's so many more horror movies that are just on another level that you're like, this one, I used to think it was up here and now I would put it down here. Final fun fact I have, and this is probably going to lead us to watch something else. People loved Lily the creature from Amateur Night, which is that first VHS, so much that a spinoff film was released in 2016 titled Siren that explores more of the lore of her character. Interesting. Yeah, she is definitely one of the more interesting stories in this collection. I like you. That's all she says. I like you. 
Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> we should check it out. I don't think I've ever heard of this film, Siren. I've never heard of it either. Maybe we'll talk about it in the future in Creepy Content. Well, I think it's my turn to do a speed run, but it's not. We're going to do speed runs just like we did with Creep Show and talk about the overlaying story, which is the main theme of these douchebag guys finding this tape in this house. But we'll take turns doing speed runs once we go through each tape. I think we should do a brief, though. Go for it. Or no. I mean, no. Just because no. No. I was going to say no because you're going to get like the easiest brief ever. The brief is going to be like, went to douchebags, find tapes in a house and get murdered as they watch each one. There you go. You just gave an overview. <laughs> overview by Eric. Ready to dive into it? Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, what was your overall first impression of this movie? I think it was my first exposure to an anthology type horror, actually. I really liked it because I was like, whoa, it was like a bunch of little horror stories in the middle of a big film. What? That's so crazy. How do they tie together? What does it mean? What about you? The first time I watched it, I thought it was fun. There's always one that's better than another story-wise. Some stories are more memorable than others. I did like it, but like I said, I think we've watched so many horror movies now that I'm just like, it definitely goes down on my list on things to watch. Gotcha. Well, let's dive into it. A tape plays. There's a man in a bedroom. The film glitches to these shitty dudes driving in a parking lot. They're taping a couple that's walking to their car, you assume. They immediately decide to attack this couple. They chase the boyfriend or husband or whatever it is away while they trigger warning if you don't like these kinds of things. Assault the woman, lift her shirt, and they tape it. Until at some point, the boyfriend or husband runs back and they're like, oh shit, let's go. They run away and trash a house. This is terrible. The reason they do this is for money. And that actually plays a big role into why they go into the old man's house later. But then you brought up, they're probably doing this to show the audience just how terrible these guys are. You could say as the viewer, oh, well, they're so shitty and they deserved what they got. Fuck these guys. They go into a house and they're just trashing it. They break everything. Windows, chairs, lights. They spray paint the walls. They talk about how they're doing these essentially poor videos because they're selling them to a porn site one guy mentions they need to start getting into upskirt videos i'm assuming this is like a black market internet thing at the time while this is happening there are undercuts of flashes from the vhs so for people who don't know how vhs's work i was one of them this happened to us all the time that's why i'm like man this is so familiar my dad loved watching soccer and when we would leave it's not like today where you could just record or do video on demand for your games and you could save them and then watch them when you get home he would grab a vhs that had a birthday party on it like our at-home videos screw <laughs> these memories he'd put it in and then record a soccer game so if you watch some of the vhs's it's like happy birthday to goal (laughs) (laughs) so you can tape over things but then it'll be like back to the birthday party it looks like somebody grabbed the tape from this guy who's with them and he essentially is trying to record in secret a night that he had with some girl he's hidden it in like a teddy bear maybe what is it with all these found footage films that we've seen is always a dude trying to do it secretly give man camera he makes sex tape is like the theme of found footage just want to record it it's for later it's always like against the other person's knowledge or permission can't you just ask someone who's into that yeah i don't know written by dudes so makes sense we won't bring up the undercut part of it anymore just because it just keeps flashing randomly throughout this story at some point this guy who's in the video is like wait where'd you get that tape from and he's like what do you mean i found that in your room He's upset they're taping over his sex tape or attempted sex tape with this girl. The girl does notice. She's like, wait, what the fuck? Is that a camera? And she's going off on him. Yeah, it's an awkward scene then after that where they're just getting dressed and leaving. One guy who's been trying to talk while they're having this discussion just loses it and smashes a TV in order to say that he's actually got a job for them that's going to pay way more money than filming women upskirt videos. I started driving to this house. Gotta find just this one tape. The guy holding the camera's like, but who is paying us? And he's like, oh, it's just some guy who 
reached out to us and he's like, how? We don't put our name on any of this. He's like, oh, it's somebody who watches us on YouTube. He's like, we don't put our name on anything though. How did they find us? He's like, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Red flag number one that they completely ignore. I want to know. Like, I wonder if this is explored later on. It's probably not. The guys kind of have some questions, but none of the right questions. They ask, what are they supposed to do if the man is in the house? They say they're supposed to take care of him, saying it jokingly. And they're all saying the N-word to each other, which is so unnecessary. Like, why was this in here? What made you think that this was cool to include in the dialogue? It makes me realize just how not that long ago that was used in, like, everything. And it was normalized, quote unquote. Even if it was under the guise of satire to say, oh, I said it jokingly, it's still not okay. But they go into the house, two of them go upstairs, the rest of them stay downstairs, they continue to look around. They're not really noticing anything, but they open a door and are immediately spooked because there are a shit ton of TVs on and an old man sitting in a chair. They quickly find out the man is dead. I would like to say that you should never record yourself committing a crime because they are clearly recording themselves breaking into this place. Right, this guy's like, we've never put our name on anything. Meanwhile, all their faces are in it. <laughs> <laughs> I know in the first scene they do wear masks, but at but this point... But they continue point, recording, yeah. so does it matter? <laughs> yeah, these guys record everything, so I don't know. The old man is dead. They leave one of the guys in the room while the rest of them go check the rest of the house. He's not comfortable with being left with the dead guy. He really doesn't want to, but the other guys have decided that they're the ones that are going to go to the basement and search for the actual tape that they need. How uncomfortable. Also, I can't imagine it smells good. If this guy's actually dead, it smells like crap in here. You don't even know how long this guy's been here. No, and I I would not just sit down and watch movies to try to distract myself. I'm going to be like, I'm going to go wait outside. What's more unsettling is the view you get. You get the view almost like you're the TV looking at the guy. He sits down in front of the TV and the dead guy is on the chair behind him. This is important because later there are changes in the background, if you will. This guy checks the VCR, notices that there's a tape inside one of them, ejects it, puts it back in, presses play. And we have our first tape. Do you want to start with your speed run? I thought it was your turn to go first. Oh, I guess, I guess it is. What do you get? 30 seconds? Yes. Go. Okay. So so we're introduced to these douchebag guys. They have some uh, glasses that have a camera in them. One of them is pretty dorky. The other ones are very clearly douches. They're going to a bar. They're like, we're going to record everything. They end up meeting these two girls. One of them is like, I like you. And she's, you know, she follows them around. They go back to the motel. They have one girl who was talking to them. Then they have this girl who's like, I like you and keeps making eye contact with the dorky dude. Long story short, this girl is a creature. She kills the two guys and then ends up flying away and dragging the dorky guy with her. <laughs> Well, I guess you made it. I feel like you jumped to the end there. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yes, I did. Yeah, I was trying to beat 30 seconds. I felt like I gave a lot of detail in the beginning. <laughs> you did. I was like, he is not going to make it. All right. We get introduced to these three dudes. One of the guys, Clint, is the one wearing the glasses with the camera in them. The other guys are freaking out, saying how cool the technology is. Basically, their goal is to record the three of them having sex with anybody, any one, anything. These are not great guys. No. I mean, the door. Dorky one seems to be off put by the plan. He's like, what am I doing? Right. The three dudes are clearly having a guy's night. They chug a beer. We get everything from the perspective of the glasses. The next scene we get is them in the car on their way to a club or a bar. And they're watching porn on their way there. While driving. While driving. The driver is the one with the porn in his hand. And they're like, we're going to find girls like this. And every girl they pass, they make a comment about like these dudes act like they've never, ever seen a vagina in their life in person. We get scenes 
scenes of them at the first club, talking to women, dancing. We guess they strike out there because the next scene is the second club. And this is the first time we see Lily. She kind of stands out from the rest because she's wearing a very light colored dress. The point is that you notice her watching the guys. She also seems very uncomfortable. Like she doesn't like being there, but she is. Like socially awkward. The dudes are pounding down drinks. One of the girls they meet at the bar is named Lisa and she seems to be getting along with Shane. As the night progresses, we see them continue to drink. Lily approaches Clint while he's getting drinks and Lily's like, I like you. And he's like, what? Oh, uh, are you having a good time? And Lily's like, I like you. And she mumbles a lot of other things you can't really hear. I think her character is made creepier because we're watching this through the perspective of Clint, who is very intoxicated. He can't hear her. He can't make out anything. And he's swaying. So it's blurry as you interact with her. Patrick also tries to hit on some girls. It looks like one is kind of interested, but because he's in a drunken state, he picks her up and we assume he drops her. Yeah, because the bouncers kick them out right after. The two guys are making fun of Lily because she's on the ground by the tree and they try to approach her but she gets away uncomfortably and is disgusted by their presence (laughs) specifically she really does not like patrick and that's evident from that first scene on but not knowing that the party is over the guys all pile into the car they start doing cocaine in the car lisa makes a point to say that she is there with them because she wants to be not because these guys convinced her to because i think patrick says something douchey like they kidnapped them or something they finally make it back to the hotel and clint looks like he has a minute in the bathroom you know that minute where you realize you're more messed up than you thought in the mirror do i know that no i never go look myself in the mirror (laughs) (laughs) i've never had that moment i've had this moment you take a minute to go to the bathroom and you're like oh no this is not okay back in the room the guys are being obnoxious and rowdy shane just starts making out with lisa right then and there they're all hanging out in one room so i think it's kind of awkward that they're just trying to do it while everyone's still there partying i think it was the plan from the beginning patrick is just sitting on the couch and because they assume lily is with clint patrick's just like I'm a watch. Lisa passes out. Patrick starts to laugh. He's like, hey, she's not even awake. Clint's like, yo, dude, she's drunk. That's enough. Shane starts to like slap her and is pissed. This is a weird take. It's like they're trying to say they're not as douchey as they could be because they're not trying to have sex with her while she's passed out and drunk. But they're still douches in the beginning because they were trying to do this from the get-go. So it's not like they're any better. This whole situation is fucked anyway. It's like the bar is set pretty low and they barely passed the bar, but it's still set pretty low. There's 10 pounds of shit and they're still beneath it. Yeah. The thing that is so annoying about Patrick is that he keeps laughing, just laughing at everything that's going on to the point where Lily, annoyed with him, like hisses at him. Turns to Clint and is like, I like you. We should go. We should go. And he's like, what? You want to go? You want to get out of here? And she's like, we should go. However, because Shane's date has passed out, he has now turned his attentions to Lily and just immediately starts making out with her. Looks at Clint seriously and is like, yo, are we doing this? Clint approaches to record and watches as Shane and Lily make out. And Lily's making eye contact with Clint. The entire time. Shane pulls her dress down all the way to her feet. And the emphasis in the scene is that her feet look creature-like. They don't look normal. And I think Clint tries to say something. He's like, wait, hold up. Do you see this? And they're like, fuck you. Shut up. It's very creepy. Creature of the Black Lagoon style. Clint, getting more and more uncomfortable, leaves. But before leaving, he notices that Pat 
Patrick is trying to join in and is taking off his clothes. We hear Lily say no, but at that point, Clint has turned his back and is in the bathroom already. While Clint is kind of collecting himself in the bathroom, Patrick bursts in saying that Lily bit him and we see this kind of gash in his arm. It is not a typical bite. No, it's ripped out from like the bottom half of his fist. They look outside and they notice they're still making out and Shane's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Chill. What? What do you mean chill? She fucking bit a chunk out of his hand. They go outside to confront her. Shane's like, it's fine. She's still on top of him, but you can't really see her. Her back is turned to the camera and she's got like these marks down her shoulder blades. Kind of looks like bruising. Patrick approaches and is like, why'd you bite me? She turns and hisses and her face is completely split down the middle. That's when she slashes at Shane and they all fucking freak out. So Clint runs back to the bathroom, leaves them there. (laughs) Patrick follows. They're like, what do we do? They open the door. They see that she's eating him or whatever. He's screaming. It's funny because she covers his face with her foot. Yes, definitely part of the thing that they use to make her creepy is she's kind of like a contortionist. She moves her body very oddly. These guys also just left Lisa passed out on the bed. They do not even care about her at this point. I don't think that Lily cares though. Well, she's a succubus. I think they focus on men. Makes sense. They peek out again and this time Lily has levitated off the bed with Shane's body and just continuing to eat him. They freak out, close the door again and this is when in their panic they grab the shower rod to try to defend themselves. They run out to try and confront her and Patrick is immediately attacked. Yeah, he hits her with the bar. It does nothing. She catches it but before he attacks her she's standing there with her arms behind her back almost like a ballerina. It looks very beautiful. It's like a pose. Very posed. What do you call it? It's like a word in the animal kingdom. Flexing for a mate. You know what I mean? Peacocking? She's like stretching to show her beauty. That's kind of the way I took it. I thought it was nice. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. It was nice. I would have let her murder me. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But Clint freaks the hell out, jumps over the beds, tries to wake Lisa up. Lisa doesn't respond. Finds Shane's dead body, peeks around the corner of the bed, notices that Lily's drinking his blood, it seems like. She's biting out of his shoulder. She's also got her hand in between his crotch. You didn't really see this in the beginning, but then she lifts her hands up and then throws his balls and dick on the ground. Yep, she has ripped it off. She really hated this guy. Oh, yeah. She didn't do that to Shane. I think Shane's still kind of intact against the wall. Bloody. I mean, he's definitely dead, but <laughs> he still has his balls. Does he? We don't know. Mm, good point. She immediately throws up. That's how you know she doesn't like Patrick, though. She doesn't like him so much that she eats him and still throws up. I like this lore of even uh, Succubus having standards. Like, he's too trash for her still. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd say Shane was the shittier character. I don't think either of them were great. I think Shane should got his dick ripped off. Yeah. Patrick was kind of just like the fool friend of the douche. But as Clint makes his way running down the stairs, he falls, breaking his arm in a pretty gruesome way. He doesn't have that much time to worry about it, however, because you can hear Lily is chasing after him. He doesn't even make it that much farther down the stairs before she catches up with him. She repeats again that she likes him and begins to give him head. No, she's still in like creature form, so her face is all still bloodied and ripped up. He's whimpering and in pain. She looks at him and is like, no like? She is somewhat offended that he's not into her and she crawls off into the corner of the stairway. Crying. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be disgusted. This is just fucked up. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot going on, Lily. Read the room. Lily needs to read the room? I think they needed to read the room. I think everyone here just needed to take a minute and not be shitty. And just not. But Clint makes his way through the rest of the motel, knocking on windows for help. The manager of the hotel ignores him, doesn't know what to make of his appearance. I'm assuming he's all bloody and he must look crazy. He continues to run into the parking lot to ask for help. A bunch of men with their pickup trucks. Manly men. And as he's about to ask them for help, we see the man look up in horror as he is swooped up and taken into the sky. We get 
get these shots of him flying over the city until his glasses eventually fall off of him. We do get a glimpse at Lily, though, in full creature form. She's got wings. She's got claws. Kind of reminds me of what the vampires look like from the movie Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. Yes, she does kind of look like that. But that is the end of that story. Amazing. What a wild ride. I would definitely like to know more about where she comes from, what exactly she is, if she's a succubus or not. We revert back to the camera held by the guy who put the tape in. And the camera is on the feet of the old man that was in the chair. The guy is gone. Another guy finds the camera and is like, what the fuck? Where did the guy go? In the basement, you can see that Gary and this other one of the guys find a treasure land of tapes. They're like, go get a bag so that we can put these all in there and then we'll take them upstairs and figure out which one's the one we're looking for. The guy goes to get the bag. You can hear a metal clang like a wrench was dropped and in a quick flash you see like a figure in the background and he freaks out. He goes to Gary and he's like, hey, there's someone in here, man. There's like a man in here. They're not as freaked out as I think they should be. There's so many times in this movie where I'm like, the people experiencing these things are not as freaked out as they should be. Even for one of them to be missing, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck happened to this other guy? We all came in the same car. He's not getting home on foot. Where'd he go? The creature though, I want to describe because he looks like a naked slender man i'm picturing like the old lady from Red. yes kind of the demon girl zombie s they're very pale but gary's like nah you didn't see shit let's put these in the bag and let's go flash back to the room he puts another tape in he watches with the dead guy in the background again i don't know what's up with these guys just sitting there being like you know what fuck it let's just watch this i guess it's a pre-phone time also they're all watching these 30 minute long fucking short horror stories don't you like go check on your friend be like hey you still you still working down there you good <laughs> it's weird they're really long 20 minutes is way too long to chill in a room with a dead body so none of this is excusable in the span of 40 minutes they lost two guys and aren't asking enough questions they're kind of just like what the fuck where'd they go they're outside probably no dude go find your friends you're here with a dead guy you literally saw someone walking in the basement that wasn't one of the four of you that's right this guy who was with gary downstairs gary leaves in the room with the dead guy again and gary's like hold on i'm gonna go look around the house no they went missing in here i hate them are you ready for your speed run sure go so we get this man and woman i'm assuming they're man and wife and they are on a road trip and the wife is basically documenting everything. They're staying in a shitty hotel. It's like small town America. They're looking through the Grand Canyon. Basically, someone is intruding at night, but they don't know who it is. And on the second night of intruding, this person kills a husband. We find out that it is the wife's mistress and they were in on this together and they plan to kill her husband and they are now running away. Nice. You made it. Five seconds left. <laughs> this one's not plot heavy. I will preface this by saying this was probably my least favorite one. I thought it was just boring. True. It's probably the most boring of the five. Also, why is this girl so okay with her creepy partner? I thought maybe it was like a game for them. Like, you know, like this gets them going. It's a long game. You gotta get married and shit. <laughs> you gotta murder somebody. You gotta spend all day with someone you don't even care about. Seriously. So we learned that the characters' names are Sam and Stephanie. They're on a road trip. It sounds like they're near Texas, maybe the south. Stephanie's the one doing this kind of vlog. She's kind of trashing her husband, saying that he booked the room last minute and now they're stuck with two beds and that she's going to inspect how dirty they are. And she records herself pointing out how gross the bed is, which again, it's just boring. Even when you are on vacation and you're recording stuff, I think you like record the more exciting stuff, not you checking out how dirty the hotel is. The next scenes after that is them just walking around town. Sam says he wants some cowboy boots, talks about getting the cowboy hat, they're shopping. She zooms in on a knife in the window, which is an allusion to something. They go into this like old town kind of reenactment place there's a minor fortune teller there and it gives a very ominous fortune it says something along the lines of you're gonna have a happy reunion with a loved one a turn of events will come about soon someone's gonna take advantage of your trusting nature winky face back at the hotel we get another one of these scenes where the husband boyfriend is trying to record them having sex 
sex. And this scene goes on for like way too long. Let's do it. Do it for me. Do it for fun. This scene goes on for like three, four minutes. Let me see your butt. Let's kiss. You're so cute. You're so sexy. But they are interrupted by a loud banging at the door. Sam goes to check it out and he points out that it's a girl in a hoodie standing there. They stop recording and when the camera is picked up again, Stephanie is asking him to explain what happened. He says that the girl was going around asking for a ride. That he thought it was very strange because she wasn't tall or very intimidating, but something about her was very scary. They kind of get a shot of her walking around in the parking lot before bed. They decide not to call the police. Sam says that if she's still there in the morning or causing trouble later, they'll give them a call, but he doesn't feel like this is something they need to involve the police in. Stephanie's like, why not? He's like, well, don't you see there's like a hitchhiker problem here? There's a lot of meth problems, drug problems in the area. Let's just drop it. Bad decision, Sam. They sleep in separate beds, which I thought was really odd. They're like large beds. They're like queen beds. We've been in places like this together and still because we're fucking normal and like each other. Sleep in the same bed. (laughs) That night, the camera turns back on and is filming both Sam and Stephanie sleeping. So it is clear that this is being shot by an intruder. They go around messing with the couple. They pull down the sheets on Stephanie's bed and pull a knife to her skin, rubbing it along her backside. They then go over to Sam's side and take money out of his wallet. They go into the bathroom, take one of the toothbrushes and dunk them in the toilet. This is a small hotel room. Don't you think you would hear someone getting up and going to the bathroom? I was thinking exactly that, but it sounds like the AC or the heater is on full blast. So it's possible that they're moving around could have been hidden by the white noise they do do too much though lower sheets linger go move stuff around open the bathroom door videotape themselves switch stuff in the bathroom like so many unnecessary things that could get you caught that i don't think this is realistic the light is also on in the bathroom when they open the door you notice that when the light changes they also have the flashlight on in the camera to be able to see what they're doing not believable the person leaves and shuts off the camera when the camera is turned on again it is stephanie mentioning it's going to be a raining day and Sam is brushing his teeth with the toilet toothbrush. Ha 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 ha. Gross. Sam notices that he's missing money and kind of accuses Stephanie. And Stephanie's like, what do you mean? Why would I take your money? And he's like, well, I had money in here and it's gone. And he kind of stares at her because she's like, what? So you think I took it? And he just looks at her. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is kind of the first hint that there's something wrong in their relationship because he's trying to say it not in a mean way, but he is accusing her like you've taken my money for a shopping spree before. So there's clearly some problems in this marriage. The next couple scenes are them going around this canyon. Okay, if you were planning on killing the husband in the first place, why wouldn't you just shove him off the side of this canyon and say it was an accident? This whole elaborate plan to kill him in the middle of the night in the same motel that you were in, I mean, you're going to get caught. If you're missing, they're going to find you. But after a fun day at the canyon, they are back at the hotel room, and Sam is mentioning to Stephanie that he wants to stop at Vegas on their way home. She says, we could do whatever you want to do, and he's like, well, I do want to stop at Vegas because I am feeling lucky. The camera shots off because they are going to bed. The camera starts up again. Camera's on stab. Stab mode. (laughs) The camera's on Sam and he is immediately stabbed in the neck several times. He's gasping for air. It's gruesome. It's gross. It's nasty. He can't say anything. He's dying. We get kind of this like choppy edit where they're driving, but they're in the bathroom. Stephanie and this other person wearing a plastic mask. Looks like a purge mask. Like strangers in the purge. Yes, that's what I was looking for. It's plastic, whatever you can. 
can't see their face, but they're taking it off. They're making out, holding the camera, undercut shots of driving. And then the final shot we get is Stephanie driving saying, did you delete it yet? And the screen goes blue. The only thing that makes that kind of murder scene less intimate, I guess, is that it's already being broken up with shots of them in the road. And it goes on to the big reveal that it is Stephanie's girlfriend we're left to assume again this is a very elaborate way to kill someone and my argument in this one and probably in the first tape too is they're all in hotels don't they have neighbors even if you're like gurgling and gasping the walls are thin in hotels I think they're motels. It's even worse. Isn't it known that in motels, a lot of crime happens for the same reason that they're not as well watched or taken care of like hotels? Because everyone just minds their business. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. So that's the end of the tape. I agree. I think it's the most boring. I remember seeing it for the first time being like, "Mm, okay, yesterday we were talking like, don't fucking murder me. If you want to leave me, just divorce me or break up with me. You don't have to fucking murder anybody. (laughs) Does this woman not know that divorce exists? I think part of it was like this whole scheme turned them on or is exciting to their relationship but if you need this in your relationship it is not gonna end well no they're definitely getting caught they know he's they're gonna know married to her they're not getting away i don't think so either especially since she wasn't wearing any gloves or anything when she murdered him and she was like sloppily washing everything off in the sink i don't even think she's done when they start, they start making, making out, making with, out. yeah why would you record it too because stephanie's the one holding the camera when they're making out and then later she's like did you delete it it's like why'd you record in the first place you were worried about that these people are not good at being criminals not that they should be but the tape ended and the guy's like what the fuck was that the dead guy's missing in the background though and he does not notice we get a shot of gary the stash guy being like we're gonna just grab all the fucking tapes and we're gonna take them upstairs we're gonna make copies we're gonna take them with us he puts another tape in and it is your turn for a speed run it is go okay so four teenagers are driving it seems like they all know each other they kind of know the driver they were all told by the driver wendy that they were gonna have a one-on-one day out and this is third guy named spider who was kind of just like i want to have fun with you guys they go out to this this area it sounds like it's a lake or camp or something like that wendy's been here before she starts saying all these like weird ominous things that are like didn't you hear before about the people who died last time she ends up revealing that she brought them all's bait the two the the girl who's with them and spider get killed by this glitchy dude what What? that was so fast it was 30 30 seconds seconds. shorter than the first time the first time i felt like it took forever (laughs) yeah depressing you didn't even make it to half i started giving more detail because i was like well last time it felt like i made it last forever damn it what does that mean nothing we'll be drunk as shit if we start doing shots every time what so we're taking a shot then yeah okay (laughs) i mean i guess if you're gonna twist my arm what shot are we taking we are taking soju it is one that i saw on tiktok so i had to buy it it is yogurt flavored it's delicious she is oh no please make the other ones i actually like sipping this because it's not harsh i thought it was gonna be like where it's overwhelmingly sweet at the beginning and then you get the bitterness of a shot it's not it's just good it doesn't even taste like it has alcohol in it does this have alcohol in it they asked for my id watch it doesn't it does if it's soju it's a little baby bit it's like a wine 12 percent. yeah good because i still want to be coherent by the end of this episode from seoul korea anyway we start off with these four teenagers again driving in a car one of them seems like the girl who cares about looks and stuff like that there's the douchey dude who's there with wendy Wendy's the driver there's this fourth person spider who seems to be like a dorky kid he's kind of like the fool type yeah they all definitely fall into those tropes so dumb teenagers they scare a hitchhiker and they like honk they don't even scare him they're like look let's scare this guy and they just drive past this dude walking on the side of the street and honk their horn i'm like they didn't do shit that guy probably was like what's wrong with them <laughs> probably judging them honestly did you see how scared he was and i was like no no nothing I didn't. happened 
They're very annoying. We find out, however, that Wendy has lied to pretty much everyone in order to get them there. Samantha thought this was going to be a girl's only trip. Joey thought it was kind of a date between him and Wendy and Spider has just tagged along. They don't even explain why Spider's there. Who invited him? Did he tag along with Joey or did he tag along with Samantha? Later, Joey's like, why are you even here? And Spider's like, I'm here for that goddess over there, that blonde goddess. And Joey's like, she's not, she's not a goddess. She's not that great. They finally arrive at the lake and they're kind of just exploring and being douchey teenagers. God, take a shot every time we say douchey in this episode. Wendy starts to make kind of like creepy offhanded comments. She tells Joey to get a shot of some wall. He's like, why? It's just a wall. And she's like, humor me. She's like very like not patient with him. And she's like, last time we were here, my friend tripped over this wall. And he's like, okay. As he starts recording it, there's this kind of weird glitch that happens in the camera where we briefly see that not only did her friend trip over it, it seems like she busted her head open and was bleeding to death on this wall. This killer who we later see or don't see can only be seen with glitches in the camera. So when he's brooding by the river, while Joey's filming, he takes a shot of the river and a body that's ripped up from the spine flashes. Floating in the river, butt naked. As the viewer, you're kind of like, is this the like future? A, go- a ghost thing? Yeah, I was thinking maybe Joey's the one who's in the river. The girl dead earlier, I thought maybe it was Wendy or Samantha. But they find this tree with like mushrooms and they're joking about it. And Wendy makes a comment like, you're all going to die down here, creepily, smiling. Like she's so annoyed with their jokes and just makes that comment. And Joey's like, what? Yeah, I think I would leave then because they take a while before they ask ask Wendy, what the fuck did you mean by that? Next scene is them sitting around like a pond. They joke about smoking a joint. Spider's like, I don't do drugs. I've never done drugs. You can see his kind of underlayer really come out because he kind of plays himself like this cool character. But then really he's like kind of dorky. He's like, you get the fear. It's the fear that you get when you smoke marijuana because you get scared that someone's going to find out that you're high. It's paranoia, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> but Joey, while high, is like, wait, so what the fuck did you mean by that, Wendy? Wendy's like, didn't you hear about those kids that were murdered and went missing and they never found the killer? I was here. She plays it off as a joke immediately, though. She mentions how the police don't even know what he looks like, and she starts laughing ominously. And they're like, oh, ha, 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 see, I, I knew you were fucking around with us. And Spider's like, see, I told you it's the fear. It's making us all scared of Wendy's story. Joey decides to cut the tension by jumping into the lake naked and immediately acts like he's drowning. This is what made me think that that flash earlier wasn't was him foreshadowing yeah samantha's like i gotta go pee fuck you guys you scared me she goes and spider's like i'll come with you so you're not alone she's behind a tree she comes out out of nowhere and her character's kind of like i made this thing just for you spider ready she starts to do kind of like a cheerleading chant as she turns sideways to the camera she puts her hands up he hears something he turns the camera and you see like a choppy glitchy figure you can see an outline of a person and it looks like they throw something and he turns back to samantha and she's got a knife through the left side of her face and he's like look at your eye (laughs) she's like what the fuck and dies what an odd comment because even if she didn't have a knife in her she can't look at her own eyeball no it's a pretty fucking gruesome death though for it to shove her eye out yeah it's pretty graphic immediately after spider's also killed he's shoved to the ground and then his face is just smashed with a knife yeah it's also a pretty gruesome death all these deaths in the scene were pretty gruesome except for joey i think joey's got like the least he only had his neck slit it's not that big of a deal just kidding it is while joey's getting dressed again wendy's like Let's fuck out of nowhere. And this adds absolutely nothing to the story. The only thing I can think of is that typical horror movie 
trope. When her other friends were killed, they were probably having sex. So she thinks that having sex is the best way to draw out the killer. Have sex if you want to get murdered in a horror movie. She aggressively tells Joey, let's fuck. Don't you want to fuck? Let's do this. Joey's uncomfortable and he keeps asking where Sam and Spider is. He's finally caught on that this just kind of feels weird. And this is when Wendy chooses to confess her motives. She actually brought them up there as bait. She tells them that she was up there a while ago with her group of friends, that this sicko came and murdered all of them. And he was very brutal. There was blood everywhere. The lake was run red with blood. She gave the details of the murder to the police and they did not believe her. She said it was hard to describe him and it was hard to catch him. The case just went cold. Joey's freaking out. He's like, wait, what do you mean? You were serious about the murders? In the background, you could see the screen starts to increasingly get glitchier. A figure approaches with the glitches. Joey is basically trying to tell Wendy that nothing's going to happen, that she's crazy and everything's going to be fine. She quickly says, now I'm back for him and I'm ready. His neck gets slit immediately. And you see it coming the whole time. She says nothing to him. So it seems like Wendy's set up traps and has been preparing this for a while. Kind of doesn't make sense because if she came back here to set these traps, wouldn't this figure have seen her do them and killed her? I didn't even think of that. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) She runs away and the figure follows. She has one of those floor traps. I don't know what you call them, but he falls through. She approaches and is like, why can't I film you? She's trying to get a shot of him, but it's completely glitchy wherever they are. I want to know what they're seeing in real life then. Yeah, so do I. Because it's not this glitching thing, obviously. You know what this reminds me of is the invisible man, that suit he kind of like wears. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's running away. The character gets trapped by a bear trap. And as she approaches, she's so close that they reach out and just stab her in the stomach. She kind of freaks out, realizes that she's out of her league. To the camera, she says, if you find this, do not come here. He can't be stopped. She's bleeding out. Turns the camera and notices that Joey's just walking around aimlessly like a chicken without a head. This is very strange. I didn't get if the killer had like supernatural powers to make him walk around like this. Or maybe Joey's neck wasn't cut deep enough. So he was still kind of alive looking for help until he finally bleeds out and collapses right in front of her. He's just delusional from blood loss. Yes. The glitch approaches, she freaks the fuck out, but it's all for show because the creature gets hit by this floor trap, flips up against them, and it's got spikes on it. It's almost like a pallet. It looks very medieval. She approaches and she's like, I got you, you asshole. I finally got you. The glitching increases heavily as the character looks to be struggling to get out of the trap. You're like feeling the panic that Wendy is feeling because she's like, yes, I did it. But oh no, is it getting out? It does get out. The guy takes the camera and starts just bashing her face in with the camera, grabs a knife, slits her stomach pulls her intestines out and then just fucks with them like just flails them everywhere and then just drops them it is a brutal death scene and the last clip we get is her just thrashing violently on the ground this one bothers me because i think it has a lot of potential but the acting was not good the dialogue was terrible and they relied very much on having a cool monster but it could have been so much better yeah so the tape ends the guy who was watching the film is missing and the dead guy is back in the chair ominous gary and the other guy come back into the room and they're like what the fuck where are these guys why are they missing what happened i'm gonna go look for them you stay here and check the tapes the guy's like what the fuck i don't want to stay in here with this dead guy who knows where they are two people have now gone missing because they stayed with the dead guy you could just yell from the room and be like yo where the fuck are you guys at if nothing happened they'll answer exactly he gets left behind puts tape four into the vcr are you ready damn it i thought it was your turn again go we open on this couple that is facetiming we learn that the girl's name is emily and i don't think we ever get the guy's name we find out that they're kind of doing the long distance thing because the guy is like in medical school emily has moved into a new apartment and it is weird she thinks it is haunted 
A couple of nights of FaceTime show us that there is creepy kids in the apartment and she is freaked out and asking him to like record what's going on until she's going to talk to them and figure out what they want. Very strangely, they attack her one night and her boyfriend shows up in the <laughs> ah! Done. See, it's weird, right? It creeps up on you. <laughs> we were used to doing a minute. We didn't fail the first time. We both failed the second time. We got, uh, we got confident. Yeah. Damn it. Here's some more yogurt. Oh my God. Give me half. I'm still trying to make it to the last one. Half the bottle. Jeez. I failed on purpose because this is delicious. All right. We're watching a couple on webcam. The girl's got a bruise on her hand. Her name is Emily. She's telling this guy, I don't know. I should probably go to the doctor. I don't remember how I got it. She's like, do you know what this is? He's like, no, I don't really know. Stop messing with it though. She starts to tell him about how she's heard footsteps. Before she even starts on the room tour, I want to point this out because do these aliens compel both these women to just show their titties? Immediately. Immediately. Because the other girl does the exact same thing. <laughs> look at my bruise. Also, look at these look titties. At <laughs> yeah. She's like, listen, I never thought I'd be this type of person because she's complaining about work. But she's like, could you just support me when we get married? And he's like, you got to make it worth my while. And she takes off her shirt. I found this scene funny. Again, somehow these directors found a way to work boob into every single one of these shorts. I get that these are couples. They're long distance they're doing sexy time over skype sure the other ones are the ones where i'm like because in the other one joey just zooms in on sam's boobs and stuff so but no one got naked in that one except for joey except for joey which saw some man boob equal opportunity equal opportunity boob after she tries to show him the apartment she tells him there's got to be something and he's like how would you even know their footsteps you were asleep bitch stop asking me these questions i heard footsteps okay fucking gaslighting me right yes her response to this is to tell him that the next time it happens she is just gonna call him so he can kind of hear along with her what's going on in the apartment. She calls back at night. She's like, do you hear that noise? He keeps saying like, no, he doesn't believe her for anything, even though it's clear that something's happening. You can definitely hear like someone else is in the apartment. She shows him around the apartment at night, but she doesn't have a flashlight or anything and they don't really see anything going on. She goes back into her room, leaving the door open and she explains to her boyfriend she's felt weird and had weird experiences ever since the first time that they were separated from each other. So you get the idea that they've been in a very long-term relationship she says that every time that he's away is when she starts to feel very strange paranormal things happen as she's explaining this a kid runs into her room and runs back out slamming the door creepy as fuck i would shit myself if i saw this i hate this i was sitting by our hallway when we were watching this one and i like kept being like what's behind me it was elvira making noise in the hall but still <laughs> you got goosebumps yeah i didn't like it okay this one might be my favorite, but... Really? That's so rare for you. Because it freaks me out. It Just the idea of like kids haunting your apartment and it's not even just kids. It's aliens, probably. Uh, that's why I'm surprised because I feel like you don't really like alien movies. Oh, I hate them because they freak me the fuck out. What? They scare me a lot, but that makes me love them. <laughs> the fourth kind, when I first saw that movie, freaked me out to my core. Point is that this is probably my favorite one. Kid's fucking creepy. The guy does not get nearly as scared as he should be. He's like, whoa, that was crazy. She isn't either though she's kind of like oh shit gotta ask the landlord if someone died here he's like don't do that they're probably gonna get annoyed yeah they're just way too calm you're telling her a lot of no's like don't do that but you're not giving her enough solutions sir you really aren't helping he talks to her like she's a child he does it's nighttime again and they hear noise it's a dark room he's like do you see anything do you have a flashlight she's like no however she does have a camera and she is using the flash of the camera to light the room i would be turning on all the fucking lights no there is no need for a camera I don't want to see these children. Do lights not exist in her apartment? She can't afford lights. That's really sad. She's trying to catch them. I wouldn't be trying to catch them. I'd be like, get the 
fuck out and start turning on all the lights. In the flashes of the camera, one of the kids appears again. She runs into her room, freaked out. She asks him if he recorded the video. And he's like, oh, no, sorry. And she's like, what the fuck? Why not? And he's like, well, how was I supposed to know that I was going to see something? You saw something the night before. He stays up with her. She's like, I'm going to talk to the landlord. It's the next day. She's like, I talked to the landlord. The landlord basically said that no one died here. There were no kids who lived here. It's always been college students. So I don't really know what's going on. The entire time she's saying this, she's not really looking at him. You could tell that she's messing with her arm, but you just think she's rubbing it again. He asks her, what are you even doing with your arm? She pulls it up to the camera. She has a set of tweezers digging in there. And not like a small, tiny hole. It's giant. Make the okay symbol with your hand. And that's about as big as that shit was in her arm. This girl's real chilled with the tweezers. Like, look, I don't know. I feel something in there. And it's deep. He then gives her instructions to stop digging at it. Because she's about to pull out what looks like a meat fork, I think. I don't know if that's the name. It's very sharp. It's very scary. And she says she's about to use it to go to town on her arm. And this is when he talks to her like she's a child. Telling her that she should not do this. Although I agree that he should talk her down from this. The way that he talks to her is the problem. She kind of looks like a child that has just been yelled at. And he tells her to put some alcohol on it and bandage it up or it's going to get infected. No, she needs to go to a hospital. That is going to require stitches. It's deep. It's going to hurt. I don't know how to dress wounds like this, but definitely alcohol and bandage is not enough. It's not going to be enough. My nurse literally put in my infusion wrong the other day and my arm bled out like crazy. <laughs> and that was a tiny needle. <laughs> and you said you were just like, ugh. Passed out there. But it's the nighttime again. She's really ready. She's got a plan. She's like, yeah, I'm going to close my eyes, get the laptop. You're going to be my eyes. It just seems like they hide when I can see. So I'm going to close my eyes. You're going to tell me where I'm going to go. He's like, what? Okay, all right, fine. And he's like, no, I, I don't see anything. Turn left. And he seems very done, right? Yeah, they're just going room by room. He tells her like, nothing's there. She's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go to bed. As she's saying that, her back turned, you can see the children kind of in the background. And that's when he's like, Emily, close your eyes because you're going to get freaked out. And she's like, oh, okay. She is way too willing to just do this. Yeah. And that is when the children appear. They are very strange because in night vision of this camera, they look like they have hollowed out eyes. They look like ghosts. But when the light of the webcam is on, they look like regular children. They just look like some kids who broke into the house. As she sees the children, the webcam turns to static. The next clear scene we get is her lying on the ground with the children sitting next to her. Someone enters the apartment and we find out it is the boyfriend. It's like he leaves a room that was in the place in the first place, right? Like he was hiding in her closet the whole time or something. Yeah, she's like, I hear voices. It's him. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> he immediately goes to work dissecting something on her back. I think it's out of her stomach, isn't it? So this is what does not make sense to me because you see ribcage. You have ribcage all the way around you. Yes, but not anywhere near your uterus. I don't think she's pregnant though that's what i mean it's not her stomach it's like a weird location on her body what he pulls out is this fetus looking thing is this thing really part human part human part alien whenever the kids speak and answer him there is nothing that we can hear as an audience it's kind of like staticky noise on the webcam he is upset asking them all these questions we don't hear their response he says no it's fine i just want to know what's going to happen because we're going to have to make this look like an accident again we can do do it we know people but i don't know how long we can keep this up he also asks if the tracker in her arm expires anytime soon i think he's thinking something's going on with it that it's making them start to notice that it's in their arm in the first place questions did these people get abducted a while ago and the aliens put him here as like a liaison for them they abduct these characters bring them to this guy have them date him so he keeps an eye on them makes sure that they incubate whatever they're collecting until the aliens get what they need as many times as they need it they're harvesting humans 
demons. Are these children her children? Are they children that were pulled out of her in previous years? Because they're saying that this is not the first time this happened. Oh, fuck. That, I didn't even think of that. That was my question. Those kids could be half aliens too. And that's why they're not fully visible to her during the day. Yeah, interesting. But the next scene we get is what appears to be several days later. Emily's arm is bandaged up and her eye is very bruised. She is talking to her boyfriend, telling him that she went to the doctor today, a doctor that he recommended, that came highly recommended from his quote unquote school. She says that she was diagnosed as schizoid affective as well as having bipolar disorder. She says that it's the only explanation as to why she doesn't remember running out into the street that night. So that is the story that they have told her. She visibly looks really sad, telling him that he should probably go be with somebody else who is normal. And I don't like this at all. Like, if you have mental illness, you deserve to be with people. You do. It's even made worse by knowing that he's the one making her believe these things. Yeah, it's shitty. Nothing's even wrong with her. Because he then says he doesn't have a choice in the matter, but he loves her and he's gonna be with her. She's like, you're so good to me. She tells him I love you and he doesn't say it back. He's like, okay, bye. Okay, thanks, bye. The next scene we get is him talking to another girl that looks somewhat similar to Emily. She gives a similar story. She had gone hiking that day and saw a lot of couples and missed him, but she noticed she had this bruise on her arm. He asked if she got it while she was hiking. She says no, she just goes on talking like normal, rubbing at her arm, telling him that she misses him and starts to strip as well. This time he's like really into it and he's like, sit back, I can't see. The only type of emotion he ever feels is when these girls are getting naked. Otherwise, he seems completely bored with all of it. The whole thing. So that that's the end of that one. We don't know how many girls he's doing this to, what those alien creatures want. This, of all of them, I think is the one that I want more explanation for. They're harvesting human children because they're creepy. How did he get involved? Yeah, I kind of want to know what gets them to date him. Like, how do the aliens know automatically that I'm going to abduct this girl over here and they're automatically going to like this guy? Or do they brainwash them to think that? Do they have like a bunch of these dudes set up in different states for all the <laughs> girls they're abducting? I want to know their plan. It's like the bachelor but for aliens and they just set up these five spy guys and they're just like well whichever one the girl approaches and thinks is hot or is the one. intelligent love it pitching that now without the fucking emotional abuse please and dissecting can you it know, be consensual fuck i've never seen the bachelor i'm pretty sure there's some emotional abuse in those as well how much are these aliens paying i will harvest your babies for you just make sure that i'm gonna be well off here again more background knowledge on why they're doing what they're doing why did these guys agree to it against their will yes so the tape ends the dead guy is gone again. The guy is also gone. Gary comes back in and is like, wait, what the fuck? He hears a loud noise and is like, where are you guys? He goes out there, thinks that they're messing with him. He sees a decapitated body. Is like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Whoa, that's fucked up. You guys are messing with me. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I guess he thinks it's a prank, but that would not make any sense. These guys are weird and demented. So you'd think that he's like, yeah, they just probably killed the dead guy because he's gone. Good on him. But in that instance, the head is thrown on the ground and it's one of his friends. He looks at the doorway and the dead guy is standing there creepily and he's like oh what the fuck so he starts running away he makes it to the doorway of the basement and falls down the stairs he notices the guy is standing at the top of the stairs is coming down he's trying to like stand up the next thing we get is a vampire zombie approaching his face and that's the end of mustache gary and all of these douchebags honestly i don't feel bad for any of them no i want to know what this guy is though is he a vampire is he a zombie how many people find this guy is he the one hiring these people to come to his house so he can eat them he knows how to go on the internet he 
watches YouTube. Zombies obviously know how to use the internet. Okay. I would say he looks more like a zombie character than a vampire. His face kind of looks like the wreck makeup or 20 Days Later, right? Like his eyes are bloodied. And without any explanation, we get another tape. The tape just runs on one of the TVs by itself. Just plays for us. Aren't we lucky? The zombie's like, all right, I've got dinner. Let me go put on a movie. Time to relax and watch my favorite tape. Are you ready for the final speed run? It's my turn. Okay. One, two, three. Go. There's a group of friends. It's like four of them. They are planning to go to a Halloween party. They get dressed. They show up at this random house. They uh, can't find people around the house. They start exploring, you know, not minding their own damn business. They go upstairs. There's like people who are torturing a woman and they try to join in. The people notice them. All hell breaks loose in the house. There's like ghostly hands coming out. The, the doors are closing. They leave. They take the girl with them. This uh, this girl disappears in the car. The car stops working. The, the girl stands in front. She stares at them ominously, screams. The train is coming. <laughs> they run over. I was finishing it right at the last minute. Did I win? No. What do you mean no? I was like at the last second. At 30, you were still saying that. I said they get run over. Mm. I think you let me slide once, so I'll return the favor. It's because we just don't want to do any more alcohol. All right. Tape five. These friends are at a cookout. It seems like they also kind of overwrote a video because it keeps flashing to the cookout with their wives. The one guy's dressed up in a bear suit. It's Halloween of 1998. They're driving to the party and they show up at this house and they're like, where is everybody? Because it's kind of dead. The house is huge, though. They're drinking beers on the way to the house in prep for a party. For a party, because it's very clear that one is not happening in this house, and they're still trying to figure out a way to get in. They go around the back. They just enter. And even when they get in, nobody's there. Yeah, I would have left. That's what you're supposed to do. However, it seems like whoever throws this party turns it into a haunted house, because they're comparing it to last year's haunted house. This is clearly not the house. It's clearly not that. They go into the house, and they're like, this party sucks. The lights are flickering, and they're like, oh. Uh -huh, what a shitty haunted house. One of the guys stays behind as the guys explore one of the rooms and he notices a rumble on one of the pieces of furniture and when he turns around there's like a stairway in the distance and there's a shadowy woman. She looks like she's from The Shining. Yeah. She's dressed like one of the twins and when the guys came out of the room and they're like oh what a shitty effect of the hands coming out I thought we weren't gonna see this as the audience because it was like low budget and I was like oh what a cheap way to say that something scary had happened off camera. Might as well not even mention it. Yeah because they do show it later the guy who's holding the camera enters like a black and white room or the lighting is kind of adjusted so that everything looks like it's black and white but as he turns the camera there's a mirror on the wall and he sees a woman sitting in the chair across from the mirror when he turns left there's no one in the chair so he's kind of like wait what the fuck he turns back to the mirror and sees nothing again he doesn't really have time to be freaked out about this because his friends are egging him on to come explore another room also if i saw that i would not want to be alone so i would also go find my friends he doesn't even know if he's seeing things like he's getting spooked by little stuff here and there but it's almost like he doesn't even have time to worry about it so this is what bothers me and it's something that bothered me in wreck you have a camera rewind and see what happened in wreck they did it for a scene that didn't even matter and then later didn't do it for a much more intense scary scene if you saw a ghost you could clearly rewind and be like here is the evidence i guess it's difficult with like a video camera because those things were huge if you recall they weren't the little small handhelds that you can carry now they were these giant over the shoulder things especially since it's 1998 yeah the the camera might not even have had a screen to play back, now that I think about it. That would make more sense. <laughs> so our entire argument invalid, I guess. The guys start to hear noise upstairs and they hear some chanting. It's praying, it's scriptural-like. Like power of Christ compels you. The guys start to go upstairs and like, oh shit, there's something going on at the haunted house. And they're actors. Yeah, they're excited. It's this group of men and they're like torturing a woman who's tied to the ceiling in the ground. The men are yelling and they're like, cast him down, cast him down. And the group of guys is like, yeah, cast him down. I found this scene hilarious because they're chanting, thinking that it's 
a haunted house and the men are like, what the fuck? What are you doing here? And they quickly realize that this is not a haunted house. (laughs) So awkward. As they're yelling at them to get out, one of the guys in the background, it's like something grabbed him by the neck and lifts him up into the ceiling. The deaths here aren't really that crazy. It's like everyone who gets pulled away is just choked and then just thrown. Pulled into the darkness. Yeah. Everyone goes into panic. One of the guys tries to untie the woman. They get her down. More men who were there are starting to get choked and thrown into the ceiling. As they're running down, chaos ensues. I really like this effect. I remember this being a very memorable ending. There's like handprints smashing the walls. There's like a doorway that's like off its hinges floating in the background. Dishes floating around. It's very like haunted mansion, you know? (laughs) Okay, because I was going to say I don't like this scene now. Maybe I thought it was decent in 2012. It looks like the haunted mansion ride. It's kind of corny and I don't think the haunted mansion's scary. What I thought was creepy before was when they tried to go for the doorknob and that door's window closes on itself and it's like, oh my god, they're trapped. The walls are also protruding with hands. It's almost like the house is trying to stop them. They're carrying the woman out. They're trying to shove these storm doors open. Hands are starting to protrude leading up to the door. They finally make it in the last minute. The woman's kind of saying a couple things. They're like, no, you can't. But they're talking too fast and in a panic to let her really say anything. They drive off. The girl's got blood on her arms and they're like, oh man, we got to go to a hospital. What do we do? The car is starting to lose control. It's stalling. It pulls up to an open area and in a flash and glitch of the camera, the woman is gone. They are freaking out and you see that she's actually outside the car. She walks over to the front of the car and they realize they are on the train tracks. She just looks at them and walks away. There's a light in the distance. They're trying to open the door. One of them even tries to kick the window open. They're like, what the fuck? Unlock the doors. What are you doing? They're panicking. The train approaches, honks, the tape ends. And that is it. The credits we get is the same scene from the beginning of the douchey guys trying to assault this woman on the street. Did you notice that they put the assault part over and over and over and over again? I was like, that was like the worst part you could choose for credits to repeat, bro. There was scary parts, actual scary parts. You're a horror movie. What did you think of this? I feel like the effects don't age well. I think they age well. Again, these are not like high budget, do everything you can type of movies. You can feel the panic of the guys running out of the house. Yeah, that's very apparent, their panic. I just feel like they threw together a haunted house movie in like the last two seconds of this movie. It was like, do everything scary at once without building any suspense. And that kind of doesn't work for me. I don't understand like the reason to kill them because they already left. Does the haunted house power leave the house? What I gathered is the woman is actually possessed and demonic and removing her from from the house was the wrong call oh. it looked like they were exercising her oh yeah true performing an exorcism on her and so she was the one doing that to the house yeah because the house is trying desperately not to let them leave with her so the house is good <laughs> is attached to her in some sense the house is the good guy in this situation Plot twist. it's like casita, casita. in encanto <laughs> but dark um, at the same time no this one this one doesn't work for me <laughs> What did you think of the whole film? I, now seeing it years later, feel like this is a very dude bro movie. It is centered around a lot of guys being douchebags or doing things that gets them killed because they're douchebags. It shows so much boob for no reason. It like focuses heavily on like slasher tropes of 80s movies, the sex part. Like I feel like that part's very prominent.
prominent in these. Not so much the part that makes them great, which is like decent kills and actual scares. Definitely for me, the best ones were the first one and the alien human hybrid one. What about you? I like a lot of them. Amateur Night, which is the first one with Lily, is fun. I do really like the one with the Jason style glitch monster. What do you give the film overall? So I don't think it's scary. The thing that scares me is like people in your house. That's the one that freaks me out the most. But I want to give it a six out of ten. Cool. I'd actually give it a five. Wow. I thought you were going to go higher because you really liked it when you first saw it. Yeah, I did like it, but it's not as scary as I remember. The five isn't to say like it sucks. It's just kind of like average. I wouldn't bring this any lower than five. It's like a stupid one. Like you could just turn it on and not think about stuff and be like, oh, that one was dumb. That one was scary. That one was cool. I think it's hard to rate the film overall when you can probably rate each individual story for the slasher one, I'd say four. For the alien one, I'd say 1.5. You probably have some that are fives, some that are ones. That's pretty much it for this month on found footage films. What scared Loki about this movie? Nothing. I was actually surprised, but this will be our first what made Loki comfortable. We were hanging out with him on the couch and Elvira and him sort of cuddled. Yeah, they haven't exactly gotten along yet, so that was a big step for them. So it's Loki's first comfort content. Yeah, I'm sure people love to hear what made Loki happy, not always what frightened Terrified him. him. <laughs> you want to tell us about it, Loki? Sounds good. We hope you guys finally get along. It's about damn time. Y'all live in the same house for the last like three months. Yeah, I was about to say four months. Feels longer. Get it together. But is that pretty much it for us here? Yeah, we have some new Patreon shout outs. Uh, I want to say thanks to Jordan. Cheers. Thanks so much for becoming a new patron. We also have a Nightmare on Fear Street who decided to join our Patreon as well. Cheers to you guys. Thank you so much for the support. We love you guys and you know we couldn't be here without you. If you aren't currently a patron, don't forget that you can get a new episode every month. We just did Incident in a Ghostland. We also posted our drink video, so go check it out. Printed a bunch of baby heads. Go find out why (laughs) on the Patreon. We also have a Discord for the show. We're trying to build a community over there, and if you really want to talk to us and share what you're watching, share what you're drinking, you can join us on Patreon and join our Discord. But as always, we hope you guys had a good time here with us. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at ShakingOutScaredPod, except Twitter. Twitter is ShakingScaredPod. You can send us an email at ShakingOutScaredPod at gmail.com. Listen wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Give us a follow. Check out our dream videos. Make sure to like them. They're really cool. I really liked our Paranormal Activity video last week, so go show it some love. Be sure to like, rate, review, all that good stuff. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.